Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Batteries power our planet, but can we make them safer, cheaper and more renewable? Now there's a lot of different chemical science and materials that go into making better batteries. And the batteries we have at the moment, lithium ion batteries, are fantastic compared to the old generation. But they have weaknesses. Sometimes they struggle in the cold. And other times they're not necessarily made with the most abundant materials. So what can we do to help improve batteries? One of the biggest advances in the modern world is very portable, highly dense in terms of power density that is, batteries and these batteries are incredibly useful for everything from your mobile phone all the way through to more serious medical and industrial devices and even things like cars and grid storage for all of that renewable energy generated needing to be stored somewhere. Lithium-ion batteries are one of the main sources of actually keeping our modern world moving and if we want to decarbonize more we're going to want to rely on battery sources in general to help store energy for when we need it making renewable energy generation more efficient and practical. Now, that's what we need to stop our reliance on fossil fuels. Problem is, getting batteries is incredibly difficult, and one of the big types of batteries we use right now to great success, as mentioned, is lithium-ion batteries. Now, these have been around for a while, and they work really well, but there's a couple of problems with them. They still require a lot of mined materials, in particular lithium. Now, here in Australia, you can mine spodumene, and this ore, when crushed and extracted, helps produce lithium. Australia is one of the biggest countries for actually producing this kind of material, which can be used to power the modern economy. But you can get it from other sources too. You can actually get it out of brine water, salar brine water, that you can find in countries in South America like Argentina, Bolivia, and Chile. Now, this is two different ways of getting at the same basic element, just through different sources, crushed rock or through a liquid base. And lithium itself is incredibly important to create the batteries that we need to rely on for all kinds of new and wonderful parts of the modern world. But it's not a great or readily abundant source. So if there was an alternative to lithium, one that was more easily achievable or reached, or one that could be gotten from a lot of less carbon intensive locations, that would make it much greener. Because at the moment, the industrial processes for processing and extracting lithium, whether it be in rock form or in brine form, are incredibly carbon intensive. That's to say that we burn and create a lot of CO2 just to get at the things to help us make batteries, which we need to use less CO2. So if we want to power our grid in more renewable technologies and have abundant, let's say, electric vehicles or renewable energy supplying our entire grid and sustaining it for a long period of time, we'll need more and more batteries. And just turning to lithium is difficult because there's not really that much more and more of it we can actually really rapidly scale up. Now, some researchers from Tohoku University in Japan, lead author of this paper, Kazuki Kisu, and others, and published in the journal Advanced Science, way to use a different material to help make metal rechargeable batteries. Now of course there are lots of different metals you can use for batteries. You might remember nickel metal hydride batteries if you're maybe my age you would have used them a lot. Your AA and AAA batteries will also potentially have even been cadmium batteries or other types of chemical sources. And which metal we use depends on a lot of properties and how well it maintains its charge after constant charging and recharging. And lithium is the current 
best in class, but doesn't mean it's the only metal that can be considered. And the main benchmark that you really want out of a battery is obviously it doesn't combust and explode that easily because then it's not stable enough to use. And you also need to be able to charge, discharge and recharge it a lot of times before it loses its effectiveness. Many other types of metal-based batteries or iron-based batteries, after a while, their effectiveness is reduced because at the charging and discharging, the, each time you do that, the efficiency decreases and decreases. Chemically, what's happening is you get buildup accretion on the battery anodes and cathodes inside and less material gets to positive which means you get less electron transfer less charge or discharge each time you do it another way to imagine it is like well you're trying to copy and copy and copy a piece of paper on a photocopier and each time you're getting less and less clarity in that image basically the battery's insides its chemical reaction is actually doing the same thing it's getting more and more inefficiency built up into it and it's not able to store or discharge more energy so that's where batteries and rechargeable batteries stop working. So you want to have as many cycles of repeated charge and discharge as you can. And at least 500 is a pretty practical benchmark. Think about how many times you charge your phone. 500 is actually not that high. Charging your phone every day, for example, would be only meaning you'd have just over a year. So if we want to have a lot of charge, you need to develop a material that can cope with a lot of charges and discharges. And researchers in Tohoku University have been investigating the use of calcium. Now, calcium metal-based batteries would be pretty innovative, mostly because calcium is actually pretty abundant. It's the fifth most abundant element on Earth's crust. It's widely available and it's inexpensive. Now, another benefit of calcium is that it actually has a really high energy density potential. That is to say, it's actually got a better energy density performance than lithium ion, as long as you could develop a process which would work with it. And these kind of properties, the good abundance, the low cost, and the fact that it has high energy potential, make it ideal for a battery. But it also has some chemical-based properties that help it transport ions and help it diffuse in electrolytes, uh, the cathode and anode, much more easily, which give it an edge over, say, trying to use magnesium or zinc. So in many different ways, calcium would be good to use. But there's a reason why lithium is first, because it's easier. Calcium metal batteries have a lot of things blocking them from becoming commercially viable. And a big one is actually that we need an efficient electrolyte that can react in the absence of cathodic materials and help actually undertake the whole battery process. Now, way back in 2021, some researchers from Tokyo University provided a potential solution to this problem where they could come up with a fluorine flea calcium electrolyte based on hydrogen. So it doesn't involve fluorine, good, makes it less reactive and dangerous, but also based around hydrogen. This particular electrolyte was very, very electrochemically improved, had high conductivity and very stable electrochemically. But that was just a starting point. They took this idea and they tested a long-term operation of a calcium-based metal battery with a copper sulfide nanoparticle carbon composite and a hydride, this hydrogen-based that they talked about, electrolyte. And when they put all these together, they actually made a pretty powerful battery. One that was, in its prototype form at least, able to retain 92% of its charging capacity 
even after 500 cycles. This would be amazing if it's a new type of class of battery to be developed because, well, it's readily available and highly power dense. It's around two to three times higher than the type of density and power you can get from a lithium ion battery. It would be cheap in terms of widely available to produce rather than relying on rarely located unusual places to mine them. But with the big challenge there is actually producing a viable electrolyte that could be used in these batteries that could be scaled up and produced in vast quantities. Now, this research is an outline of a way it could be done, but it's not necessarily the only way. But nevertheless, the quest for better and better batteries will have more and more importance. And one that relies less on carbon-intensive processes and uses more readily available materials would naturally be better. Just there's a lot of chemistry to go before we can solve this problem. And this paper from Tohoku University in Japan, published in Advanced Sciences outlines a way we could maybe make them forward by turning to calcium. The leader author in this paper was Kazuki Kisu, along with Rana Motahadi and Shinichi Orimo from Tokyo University in Japan. with batteries is that you can get a performance degradation after a lot of charging but if you've ever taken your camera or your phone out to somewhere that's incredibly cold you'll find that the battery drops off quickly and different types of batteries are more susceptible to the problem in particular lithium-ion batteries the liquid inside the electrolyte batteries actually really struggles at cold temperatures actually the important part this electrolyte that helps carry the ions between the cathode and the anode can start to freeze at the sub-zero temperatures, which means your battery no longer has the juice inside of it that can flow. And without that flow of that electrolyte, physically and also in the chemical sense, it actually creates big problems because that means that your battery won't be able to discharge and or charge as well. You'll find your battery rapidly dies off. This is a big problem if you're trying to have your phone maybe, say, outside in the snow. But a bigger problem if you're trying to maintain an electric grid in somewhere particularly cold or maybe trying to drive your electric vehicle in the snow. So researchers have been trying to investigate ways to improve the efficiency of these lithium-ion batteries in cold environments. And that's what researchers from the Argo National Laboratory in the United States have been recently investigating, publishing in the journal advanced energy materials. Now, lead author in this paper in particular was Dongju Yu, along with a number of others. So a way to help improve this is to find some way to make that electrolyte not freeze. And that's what the Department of Energy's Argonne and Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratories have been really diving into. They looked at a fluorine-containing electrolyte that they could use effectively like an antifreeze, one that makes it work still in sub-zero temperatures. They had to find a particular antifreeze electrolyte that still helps the actual process of being a lithium-ion battery, carrying the ions from one place to the other, and one that actually works well at, and doesn't decline away in performance below zero degrees. And what they found is particular properties at an atomic level that make it incredibly effective. A low temperature electrolyte would be really useful for overall for batteries. 
Now, most electrolytes that you get though are made with kind of readily available materials, widely available salt in particular, lithium hexafluorosulfate and carbonate solvents such as ethylene carbonate. These are all dissolved to form a liquid. This liquid electrolyte is what then is used inside the battery. When the battery is charged, that liquid electrolyte shuffles the lithium ions from the cathode, which has in it as well, lithium containing oxide, to the anode, which is graphite. The ions migrate out through the cathode, pass through this electrolyte solution, the juice inside the battery, and make their way to the anode. Now, particularly when they're getting through the electrolyte, they sit at the center of a cluster of around four or five solvent molecules. So you end up with a small filter layer just atop of the anode that only allows some ions to pass through and block some of the solvent molecules. Now, the problem is that in the cold temperatures, these solvents inside the electrolytes begin to freeze. And therefore you don't carry the lithium ions all the way to the anode to charge up and then discharge later. And that's because the lithium ions are just so tightly bound within the solvent clusters, they have no room or energy with which to move. The cold basically locks them in place. So what you really want is a solvent which has a really low energy barrier. And you can do that by using fluorine in some of those solvents. With the right combination, the researchers were able to find a combination of solvents and compounds in it that had a really low energy barrier for releasing the lithium ions near sub-zero temperatures. And then they looked at why did that particular composition work at a molecular level? And what they saw in the laboratories is they were able to get around 400 charge discharge cycles, even at incredibly sub-zero temperatures. And the capacity was equivalent of just a regular cell at, at, at room temperatures. So very good levels of performance for at least 400 cycles. As we talked about that before, it seems like a small number, but in test terms, that's actually quite a bit. Now, the benefit of using this antifreeze electrolyte is also that not only can you get it to work at low temperatures, it's also actually safer than a carbonate-based electrolyte that we use at the moment. I don't know if you've ever seen a lithium-ion battery catch fire, but they're really nasty and dangerous. And the antifreeze properties of these electrolytes that they're testing is actually make it very difficult for these to combust in fire. So this safer and low temperature performance electrolyte is actually a big boost to lithium-ion batteries. Well, that's why it was published in the Journal of Advanced Energy Materials by a lead author in this paper, Dong Zhu Yu, working with others at the Argonne National Laboratory from the Department of Energy. But it's just a step in the process of making better, more efficient batteries. It shows just how hard it is to get something to work in all conditions. We talked about how lithium isn't necessarily the best material to make your batteries out of, but it is the one we have right now. But even in it has some limitations in how and where we can use it because of temperature. And research like this shows ways we can improve that as well. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. Batteries that perform better in the cold and ways we can improve our batteries by shifting the material that we base them off. Our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.